Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz and this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. We're going to go deep very quickly into how we roll on the show. So we're talking about moving through a victim mentality. So get your coffee, get ready for this mini-sode because we're going to go deep but brief, right, Andressa? Exactly. And we're going to do a quick exercise that you're going to be able to do it at your house and really look at the things that are holding you back right now, not just to your investment business, but for your life in general. So buckle up. Before we get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, filing with 100% accuracy and getting your max refund guaranteed. So whether you started a podcast, side-hustled your way to some extra income, flipped a house, or finally bought your first rental property. Your moves made a big difference in your life last year. Now it's time to make the most of your moves. Switch to TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So Liz, here's the deal. There are different ways that people can look at the same reality, the same situation, but from a different lens, right? Different perspective. That doesn't mean that we are denying reality, that we are justifying things that people did wrong to you, where you were indeed a victim of a circumstance that caused you trauma and hurt. And that's not what we are trying to diminish here. We want to validate your how you feel and what happened to you, and that is not okay. What we're talking here is the victim mentality that might hold a lot of people back because they keep, imagine like a baggage, right? That people carry with them everywhere that they go and everything that they do, they justify not being able to achieve that because of that baggage, right? So we're gonna share with you here examples that me and dress up and then Liz's going to share her examples as well, the things that we could have looked in different ways, right? Yeah. So the key here is that we're going to share the first lens that we're going to share with you is a victim mentality. And then the second way to look at it, we're going to shift. We're going to do like a lens exercise. We're going to look at it from a different perspective. The fact did not change. What changed is how we looked at it, right? So 
here we go. My first item is my parents, they had me when they were 20 and 21 years old. I cannot tell you, like, the conversations that I had in the past with my mom. Really, like, my dad passed away when I was 17, so I didn't get a chance to talk to him about this. But with my mom, I was like, what the hell were you guys thinking? Right? What the hell were you guys thinking? Were your kids? Didn't even live life yet in order for you to have a child. So the victim mentality is always, like, making people wrong. Like... As if it was not common at that time, twin, um, having kids on their 20s, right? And having different different ways of, of living. But I used that to, to say, now I have to work hard. I need to do more things now that if you guys have, you know, they were high school sweethearts. So if you had waited until your 30s, right? All those what ifs. She's like, what do you want me to do that? <laughs> we have that, okay, great. That, that what, right? So then instead, right, when I, when I looked at, at that, right, so I got to shift that, okay? They were lovely couple. And you know what? They don't know what they don't know, right? So they always have this, this freedom that allowed me to really fly high. I moved out of my house at 14, not because I had a bad childhood, but because my theory, I came to them with a plan, but I, I, they looked at me and said, listen, you have all the things that you need in place and we trust you. One thing that you need to know is that we are raising you to the world. And if you need to fly back, you have a safe place to go. That alone gave me the confidence to really move out go to a call, a different college, another town, move out by myself here to the U.S. So their quote-unquote naiveness, if that's an English question, yeah, really like was good for me because if they were too worried about the, the bad things that could have happened to me in the world, I probably, they would have kept yeah. me there. So yeah. that's how I chose to, to look at this, right? I like that. I like that. And it's about shifting this fact, as you said, to a different reality, a new reality, a more empowering reality. So my story to share, my kind of experience is really from a schooling perspective and from like feeling intelligent perspective. So, you know, growing up, I always, you know, I did well more in the, I, I did, I, I always was an average student. If I was going to do well in anything, it was more of the the non-math and science classes, right? So I kind of graduated from high school pretty pretty average from an academic perspective. You know, college, I, I worked hard to do well, but again, I was a in social sciences as a psych major, so I, I, I tended to really like that. But, you know, I had to take some classes in the mathematical area and, and struggled. And so I, and then I even have taken an IQ test, right? right? Like a cognitive IQ test that specifically drills down on a, a very specific type of cognition, right? Of, of more of the mathematical reasoning, those sort of things. And didn't do phenomenally well. I, I'd say I was, I was below average. And so different pieces of that, I think over time, you think, wow, this person's going to get into real estate investing, right? Because, you know, on paper, you'd be like, well, I think that might be not the right fit for you. <laughs> and it doesn't mean I can't look at numbers or I don't have any analytical abilities. 
but I definitely second-guessed myself uh, over the years when I was starting. And so the victim mentality is that I could have allowed that, quote-unquote, feeling average academically. And even getting into grad school, you have to take the GREs really quick. And I ended up doing so poorly on my GREs that well, I was so worried I wasn't going to get into the school I wanted. I wanted to go to the University of Pennsylvania. Well, their policy changed and they, they waited more on the interview. They waited more on my, my GPA and they waited more on my background and my extracurricular activities and my much more of a holistic approach. And then the interview, I'm like, all right, I could do that. I can nail an interview. And so I did, but the juries didn't become important because if had they been, I would never gotten it to graduate school because they were horrible. Lower scored, I should say. So the learning or the victim shift for me, right, is knowing who you are, knowing what you do well, and obviously when you don't do well, but also just when I really want to learn something, I learn it and I can look at numbers and really, you know, and then I might need to review it again and read through it again. I don't look at a term and then I have it memorized. I'm not that kind of person. None less it means something to me. So you have to then move through the victim mentality yourself and know where your limitations are, right? So so the idea would be, I'm not going to analyze a brand new property or brand new deal, probably just with my own eyes. I'm not going to do that. And, you know, Baz and I built a very successful portfolio for ourselves that I've been integral on every step of the way. So you can't allow what you think is limiting you to stop you. And you need to know where your strengths are and where your strengths are. I actually like looking at numbers. I do. I, and I, I enjoy what the process is. And I'll say, it's again, is it going to be something that I ever go into a profession where I'm just, just analyzing numbers? Probably not, right? But it's part of the puzzle. And I think it's important to own it, to know it, and then not to allow it. Because I could have allowed all the things I heard over the years of growing up, especially when it came to math, to stop me. Yeah. I've been like, what am I even thinking? Getting in, in into something that has an analytical piece to it and, 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 and you know, analytical approach. Nice. Good stuff. The second thing that I would say for me is that English is not my first language, as you guys can tell, right? Oh, oh surprise. But hear me out for all the bilingual folks out there. You guys know how difficult it is to, to go to a country, right? Listen, we thought we'd know English. When I was taking English classes in Brazil, I was like, yeah, I'm an advanced. <laughs> no, I was not freaking advanced at all, right? Because the, the way that people talk over here that make no sense in a couple of, you know, expressions, you don't learn that. It's all on the books. And the most important thing is like, I'm looking to a freaking camera right now and really spitting out. I am not translating it, right? But if I start thinking about it, I'm going to make mistakes immediate. So thinking about going on stage and speaking, and usually people, you, you guys know bilinguals, right? If we get nervous about it, and if we start talking about language, the other language start kicking in as it is kicking in right now in my head, and I'm going to probably stumble or or doubt if the word that I'm using is correct or if the sentence that I'm using is correct. Right. And how does that affect real estate, right? Think about it. If I'm going to have a conversation with somebody over the phone, if I'm going to have a conversation with a lender and I, I don't know how to pronounce a word correctly, 
and then they might judge my experience based on my pronunciation. Yeah. Right? There's a lot there. And I have people around me say, like, can I say something? That's not how you say Tessa usually that's no funny. It's not rooster, it's roster. I was like, why don't you guys do it? Because we were doing a, a mastermind. I was like, do, what was the rooster sending to all the Strive members? She's like, if the rooster was sending to them for the accountability call. It's like, yeah, the rooster. She's like, honey, rooster, roster. I was like, what? <laughs> roster, right? The roster. It was like, why don't you guys invent some random word that is like so far from... However, I choose to look at this, right? I can talk to more people because I understand Spanish and I mean, understand Italian. So I can, and I have used that to my advantage with uh, managing contractors and especially with inspectors, right? Because I just say, listen, English is not my first word. Would you mind putting in writing all the inspection you know, updates, walk yep. the room, because they usually don't do that. Can you help me out with this? Or, you know, use the, the English card. You do what you got to do. But I, you know, I gave up. I'm, not, I'm never going to come here and have a perfect, perfect sentence or a pronunciation. That's not going to happen. And I'm cool with that. So if you guys are still listening, you know, like my accent doesn't piss you off or irritates you or you're like, oh, she made another mistake. Here we go. Right? It's all good. You pass that and then you get to the point. But that's something that many immigrants, right, might be looking at it and say, ah, they're not going to understand. But now they will. They will. You try to repeat in a different word and try to figure out where is the emphasis on that word and they will understand. Don't worry about it. That's all I can say. I love it. I love that. Uh, and, and as you're hearing these examples from our own life, we're sharing these with you so you can see yourself in these examples too, right? Which is so powerful. And the key is to be shifting from victim to victor. How can I become a victor of this fact versus a victim, right? So my second one is uh, something that I think a lot of investors can can relate to and connect with is, I don't know if they can actually, maybe my experiences have been unique. And I have heard it from a lot of people, but at times investors have gotten money stolen from them, whether it's a contractor, whether it's a, you know, a lender or you've lost money in a deal. I think that's all in the bucket of money, not um, the profit in, in, in everything, not being where it needs to be, but specifically, right, money not being taken. So I'll bottom line this in like a minute, but, you know, we were part of like a Ponzi scheme through a 1030. You're not part of one though. No, no, no. I didn't. No, sorry. Sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> we were quote unquote victims of one. Look at the English, the old English. Thank you, Andressa. You're welcome. People are surprised that English is my first language that I have. I have no reason for that, quite honestly, but that's okay. What happened was this gentleman stole millions of dollars from a lot of people. And we were one of those victims, if you will, if I hate, hate to use that word, but one of those people, one of those groups. And it was a lot of money. It was our money and our investors' money, you know, $750,000 actually. But this example relates to you if you're, if you lost $5 or, or, or as much as we did. The, the part of that was tough. I mean, it was around the Christmas time and we were pretty seasoned in this business. This wasn't our first rodeo. And so when you're part of something like that and something bad happens, especially in your business, and you're like, hold on, this doesn't happen to people like us. This doesn't happen to seasoned investors like us. 
uh, what happened here? And then, you know, obviously you blame the person that stole the money. But when you're in this business and you're growing a business and you have investors, you have to take 100% responsibility. We didn't technically steal the money. Of course, we didn't steal any money, but we were the leaders of it, right? We were the stewards of that money. And so after getting really mad and angry, obviously, at this person and being mad at ourselves, which was the next part, uh, we really then shifted, okay, how do we really become a victor so we can take care of our investors and also obviously take care of our own interests, right? Because it was really like a someone punch us in the stomach. That's what it felt like big time. So that the shift there, I think quite honestly, you know, just for us, what was really helpful is that we had other people involved in this. We couldn't stay in the victim. We didn't have that luxury to stay yeah. in the victim mentality. If it was our own money, I maybe would have stayed in there longer. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I remember going there and, and really like pulling, having conversations. And I think that you guys have so much a core team and friends around you that I don't think you have stayed there. Long. Correct. When bad things happen, which cause us to take a step back and go, holy shit, what just happened here? And you yeah. start blaming people. Staying in that being angry, you know, I, I just watched the movie again, Inside Out, my kids. And like, you have to experience all the feelings. Anger is one of the feelings, right? One of the emotions. We were angry. We were pissed off. And Matt and I are pretty happy-go-lucky people. And we were, we were like on our spectrum of anger, right? And we, we wanted to fly down there and take this guy and, you know, put him in a headlock and do some other things to him. So regardless, though, you have to move through that, right? And you have to say, how do we, you know, make the best of this situation? And you do what's in front of you to do. In order to really be a victor of anything happening, you have to do what's in front of you to do one step at a time. We didn't go and get that $750,000 one day, figure it all out one day, just step by step. What's in front of us to do? Getting to closing was important. Making the investors whole was important. So all those pieces of the puzzle, but that was a tough one for us. Okay. For the, the last one that I want to share with you guys here, it's my divorce, right? When I made the decision to to get a divorce, I was the top of our game in terms of the business. So is the way that I can describe that is like I am signing a contract to experience an earthquake. Yeah. That is the because everything is gonna go down and it's gonna take a couple of years to rebuild, right? That's what what I was basically signing off when I decided to to get a divorce. And I was willing to do that, right? And can I say, wasn't I, like, again, angry, right? There is, like, this angry, there's grief for the things that could have happened, the momentum, the assets that had to be sold, right? There's so many pieces of the puzzle that you're, like, pissed off. That you worked so hard to build the things that were not built, the dreams and all of that, right? But that alone was a blessing in my life. And that's how I, and I did not look, let me just clarify, right? Did not look at that as a blessing for a couple of years. Did not. Like pissed off, how can you see a blessing in a, something like this, right? But I do. And it, it, it was one of the best things that could have happened to me. And I'm glad that I made that decision. I don't see like was not aligned to who I am, where I want to be, the values that I carry, what I want to be doing in life, right? I think that I signed up for a, okay, let's 
push a reset button here for me. Now, there's no us, right? For me and Dressa, based on what I've learned so far. What are the things that I would like to continue? What are the things that I would like to learn? How my life looks like? Do I want wallpapers on the wall? Do I want bold wallpapers on the wall? Or do I want color? Like, what are the things that I want, right? And truly, truly, I am where I am right now because of that decision. I'm living the life that I want to live right now because of that decision. Mm. So to me, I didn't just switch the lens from victim to victor, right? It was graduate. It was a graduate process, but I had to really like healing process, tons of freaking books about me letting go and really like being at peace, right? I also don't want to say to people, oh, there's this like top of the mountain and once you're there, you're good to go, right? Nope. There isn't that su such a thing. However, looking back and the journey, right? The I am far, the more that I go, farther I am from that victim mentality that I had when I made that decision, right? Being unfair and the list can go on and on, make other people wrong. The universe is wrong. Everything is wrong or like what the hell is happening. So the further I get in terms of my journey, my healing process, self-development, farther I am from that victim mentality. And that also has to do with the people that I surround myself with that will not tolerate me in that stage. And that's what the beauty of the real estate investor community, right? Yeah. And when we see we see ourselves in, in, in each other and we can say, okay, great. Let's do a pity party right now. Acknowledge what happened, but let's move the mentality. And that might take a little time. It's not like this pill that you're going to take. That might take time, and that's what we are signing up for, for the journey, not the quick turnaround. I love that. that that's powerful. Yeah, my, my last one year was, was when I became a mom. So just a quick history. For the first 10 years or so of our business and, and building our portfolio, Matt was focused on the day-to-day, -day and, and I was involved different times, different moments of our business for a few years here and there. But holistically, he was running the day-to-day. And I was working so we can, you know, pay our bills because a lot of our experiences early on were figuring it out, getting niched, focusing on multifamily, getting involved in different niches. And like we all know, right, every project takes different types of money and you're moving things around and it can be slow going. Uh, at least it was for us in terms of really building up, you know, passive income consistently. We were doing flips with the wrong partners. I can make the long list. So for many years, I was really, you know, taking care of us financially. I had so many different clients. I was doing very well in, in consulting. I was at the top of my game financially with relationships. And I was almost poised to even take over from my boss. She said, do you want me, do you want me to sell you the, the license of this assessment tool? And it was on the table. And so I saw that path, you know, and then I saw the path of starting a family, kind of being done with that work. I was really good at it. I was uh, doing well financially, but it's something in my soul was missing. So I, I left that work and I, and, and some intensely got, got, got pregnant with my now uh, nine-year-old. So when I was pregnant though, and when I had him, I became even more like lost, to be honest. I think it was the hormones that didn't help. I was feeling depressed. 
I was feeling like I just all I'm doing is taking care of this newborn. Here I am used to flying and helping everybody and figuring their teams out and being needed and appreciated, which is a big need I have, to coming down to this little guy, Zachary, that need. It was a really big shift for me. And I felt very lost professionally. I felt very lost in my identity. Um, I was just the wife and the mom. And I regretted our, our kitchen floor twice. And I'm not the most handiest person. But that just seemed like a good idea to do. Right? So, not jokes with that. I did a damn good job. If I ever want to get into grouting, it's totally boring. I actually, I was good. My dad fell oh, over. No. Yeah. So anyway, I lost my identity. I didn't realize I was losing my identity. And I think I could have blamed different people. You don't even know. You, you, you know, you have this wonderful newborn and we're growing our business. But financially, we were we were stretched, right? I literally was took what I was doing financially and stopped. And, and, and we had some things moving, but it, it took some faith. Took a lot of faith. And, and it, so through that journey, I think I did shift. It was immediate, but I did shift from, from feeling like a victim, like what happened to my life? Now it's all, and I loved my son, don't get me wrong, but I, you know, I was in my late thirties and a mom, which I, most of my, my life was just, you know, professionally, you know, getting, getting those results. So it was hard. But it was a great opportunity for me to learn and grow and then discovering what's really important to me. I love real estate, but I loved helping and inspiring and doing workshops for people in my previous work. And then I combined all my passions as Unjust and I came together was what we're up to with real estate investor. So had that not happened, me losing my identity, identity and me kind of being a little like, what's next for me? Is this it? Is this it? Because I didn't want that to be it. I, I again adore my son. I don't need to give a disclaimer. I love being a mom. It's one of the most treasured things I have in my life. But doing something professionally that I care about and that I'm passionate about is very important to me. So I think owning who you are, back to my second point, was key. But also allowing myself to be in that state and that discovery, that was hard for me. Like I said, I was a busybody. I regretted our floor just to keep myself busy. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the moments that I sometimes feel a little off again, because those feelings come back. Am I where I should be? Am I doing enough for others? Am I doing enough in my life? Like, I still ask myself those questions today. I'm not there where I've lost my identity. You have thoughts of like, am I where I need to be? You get back on pur- being on purpose. You kind of get connected to who you are and, and get reminded of who you are. And then you get excited about what you're doing again. You have to be reminded. It's like, you know, falling in love again. You have to get reminded of what your purpose is. And that's at every stage of your life. So that's what I have for that piece. Awesome. And this is your psychologist session. Not the day. <laughs> can't go home now. You can go home now. I keep going. Definitely feel like I've been uh, uh, giving everything. The bottom line, though, is that so many women want the next tip, the next strategy, the next fill in the blank to grow your portfolio, to buy that next real estate deal, to become financially free, to create gener- generational wealth all the things we stand upon. But if you're staying as a victim, you're not going to get there. And that's really what we want to make make mention of is the moments of our lives. What, what are you holding on to a victim mentality in your own life? We shared what was what was real for us. What's real for you? Because that's what's going to move the needle in your life. That's what's going to need to move the needle in your business. So what we recommend you grab a piece of paper right now and, and really draw it down. Three things that you you are looking at it as a victim mentality and the three thing the, the same thing how can you really shift from a more empowering perspective let us know post it on our facebook community 
Tag us here below. We're here to support you. Keep that in mind. Ciao. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.